Today on the show, I am joined by Carly Rosenthal from Moose Cat Recording and the band Carly in the Universe. Carly's journey through the music industry is a captivating blend of artistry and entrepreneurship. Seamlessly transitioning between being a front woman on stage and the co-captain of a recording studio, she's honed a unique approach to building her network in the music industry with no prior contacts, and it continues to pay off to this day. We dive into her band's distinctive sound, the art of balancing performance and studio ownership, and the intriguing secrets behind her successful collaboration with her bandmate, business partner, and husband, Mike. I think you'll learn a lot from her story, and I hope you enjoy learning from her as much as I did. Hey, Carly, good morning, and thank you for taking your, the time out of your day uh, to, to join me um, on the podcast. I'm really excited to get to talk with you, uh, specifically a little backstory. We take Italian together. It hasn't been that long, but I've been taking Italian for, gosh, almost two years, and you joined the class that I'm in, and you know, just we've never met in person. We've always been on this sort of you know Zoom online kind of, kind of set platform, but just listening to you in class and hearing, you know, getting to know, uh, you know, each other and students and classmates and stuff. I thought you had a really cool story. And then when I looked at your social channels and read a little more about your bio and just hearing stories you tell in class, I, I just wanted to see, I wanted to get you on here to, to talk to you. So thank you again for the time today. Joe, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And uh, yeah, love Italian, love the culture, love trying to songwrite in, ta in Italian. So hopefully I get good enough that I can actually write some cool music. Yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. So it's we're all trying to learn Italian on this uh, in our class, right? <laughs> but like for you, like I, you know, tend to start in the beginning with people, and 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 we talked a little offline about you know uh, both of our backgrounds and, and and upbringings, and you know I I kind of fell into a musical stage of my life, but but in my early twenties, it wasn't like I was raised playing instruments or anything like that. And it sounds like you weren't really either, but. I mean, in the beginning, like, you know, I guess I, I idolized certain performers or, or something, you know, Michael Jackson or something, right? When I was, when I was little that I would kind of, it, it, it always stuck with me. Not that I'm a, I'm a singer or anything, but, you know, like stuck with me in the sense of there are certain things that I can, uh, you know, sort of look back to and say, okay, this is where I had some interest in this. And, and, you know, for you, it could be entrepreneurial, it could be music performing, whatever it might be, it could be your parents. Like, w were there any things that maybe gave you some sort of a, a interest in, in, in music or, or just pivotal moments that maybe helped you kind of shape? And I, I want to be starting a business, a recording studio like you have. So growing up, I guess uh, my parents are entrepreneurs. So I definitely had their work. I always saw their work ethic and, you know, what they did. And that definitely rubbed off on me. And so I definitely can attribute my entrepreneurial experience to, to, you know, how they raised me. But they're not musicians at all. And my brother, he's not a musician either. So the, the music and the creativity was definitely my own plane in my family. And that was definitely something that I was navigating myself. I, I don't know. I, I was obsessed with singing as a kid and, you know, I wouldn't shut up. So my parents <laughs> decided to throw me in some singing lessons and, uh, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like my, my sister, same difference, you know, we weren't really raised musically per se, but you know, she kind of got into music in, in her twenties and now her husband is like a recording, you know, producer engineer out in uh, Nevada. So, you know, you, you do kind of fall into these things at some point, sometimes, right. And when you're around creative people and in creative environments, like, like we are in California, but you spent, speaking of Italy, you spent some time in, in Italy, right. With your parents, I believe you said they may have worked there at some point. Yes. My mom, my dad and my brother stayed back. My mom was learning. Both my parents are OBGYNs, gynecologists. 
And my mom wanted to learn some new uh, surgical techniques and Italy was kind of pioneering these techniques. So I went with my mom to Rome for a year for her to learn the techniques. And I ended up going to school there and just, you know, fell in love with the culture, fell in love with the food, obviously. From there, I've kind of just tried to keep up with the Italian. And I, to this day, I have some best friends out there and, you know, try to go back when I can. Yeah, don't we all? Like, <laughs> I was there this summer. I can't wait to get back. It's 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 a amazing place, you know. No matter where you go, in my opinion. So so like your parents obviously had this you know entrepreneurial you know background that could have you know potentially rubbed off on on you. But like in terms of like the industry of music, you know, being a performer, co owning a studio that you have, like. Was, was there something like like a mentor, an event, or a specific moment that maybe you know ignited that passion? Maybe it was your business partner, you, you two brainstorming. Not even like like how did the whole idea of um, like Moose Cat recording come into play? So I, you know, I graduated college early, and the second I graduated, I just said I want to be in a band. And so I tried, I went to college in Boulder, Colorado. And so I tried with a couple uh, groups out there to, to get some stuff started. And, you know, it just, I just knew that I was going to come back to LA anyways, and try to build up a group of musicians out here. So I met Mike through a mutual friend and initially he wasn't in, or no, yeah, initially, like the very first time he wasn't in my band, his friend was. Mike is also like a producer engineer. So he decided to join Carly in the Universe. And he's pretty much been pioneering producing and engineering our project. And uh, Cameron Clark, who's our drummer in the band, I've known him since high school and, you know, tried to like elbow him multiple times being like, you should you should be the drummer in my band. You should be the drummer in my band. And finally suckered him into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So from that, you know, we started this project. Mike and I are a couple. We just got married this past year. So uh, we decided when we moved into a place that we wanted to have a place to record our band but, you know, because he's an engineer and producer and he was working at other studios at the time, he's working at um, Red Rockets Glare with Raymond Richards, who's worked on like Mandy Moore, she and him, local natives, and Mike worked on those projects as well. We decided that we were going to open up a recording studio and Moose Cat was born. He's Mikey Moose, I'm Carly Cat. So <laughs> we were like, are we really going to call it Moose Cat? And yeah, we are. <laughs> and, and, and I totally, did. yeah. And I want to jump into like your band, like the, the Carly in the Universe. Later on in this, I have a bunch of questions there. But that's that's a wild story. Like so, so, but but like even just like reading your bio, it'll say like, oh, you know, you guys have event planning. You have A and R. Like, there's a lot of like sort of hats you wear at Moosecat. Like, how? Like, you know, you went to school in Boulder, right? You, you know, we talked about your your, your pat your upbringing, came back to LA. Like, where did you pick up like this sort of multifaceted skill set? And like, how did you sort of bring them into Moosecat? Before I worked at Moosecat full time and same with Mike, we've we worked at other companies because, you know, a business doesn't make money overnight and you have to work. A, you know, I would say this to anybody who's looking to start a business, like have another in have another income coming in and work your way towards making your business be your full income. So that's that's what we did. I worked I worked a lot in music publishing for another comp a lot of other companies and like tech startups in the music space. And I would say, you know, when I first started out in sync and music licensing, you know, I was pre-pandemic, I I've been working remotely for years and my boss was very hands-off and uh, my education was not in the music industry or the music business. Obviously, I loved music, but that's not what I have a degree in. So, you know, when I started working for my boss, I just felt in order for me to do my sales or my marketing or my business development properly, like I needed to know about the music business and know about the music industry. 
So honestly, I would go have these meetings with music supervisors and just say, I know nothing, please educate me. And I would just go to these lunches with all these great people in the industry and they would just kind of check in from time to time and, you know, see if the stepping stones were falling into place. And from there, I kind of was able to, you know, not be afraid of the contracts and not be afraid of the negotiations and actually sit down and read and understand all the, all the deal points in a contract and that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Like to, to just kind of like take the initiative to say, Oh, okay. I'm just going to go out and reach out to people and ask them to go to coffee or lunch or whatever. And, you know, pick their brains or, or, or just kind of like putting yourself out there, which I think is a huge thing that, that people may not realize. It sounds like, Oh, that's how deals used to get done back in whatever time handshakes. And, you know, but it, it, there really is like a, a, a crucial element, I think, to being in front of someone, sitting down, talking to them, asking for help, just saying like, look, you're the expert. I'm the novice at this point, but I want to get to where you are. I want to absorb whatever knowledge I can from you. And can you help me? You know, and I think that people are a little too afraid or they think that doesn't work anymore. But I think that's still a good method for, for, for people out there that are listening that might say, Oh, I don't know anyone. We're like, you didn't know anyone. Right. So you just went and met them. Right. And also, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I knew that I knew nothing about the music industry. And I would say, you know, the, obviously the internet has changed and we have a lot more access to this type of information online and that's a good place to start. But even if you're looking up online how to get a distribution deal and not what a distribution deal is, like is that information online? Can you really find like the questions to your answers? Are you fully understanding, get a, getting a full scope of, you know, what you're looking to find, you know? So instead you could go on LinkedIn and find somebody that works in music distribution and say, Hey, can I buy you lunch? And can you tell me everything that I need to know? Yeah. You're like going right to the source, which I, I'm telling you, the, the, the more people I talk to lately, it feels like they think, Oh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, they just feel like they can't do that or that's just something you don't do anymore. And I feel like that's such a, a vital part of getting yourself out there and, and well, and be, becoming known in that world that you want to work in. It, there's no other way. I mean, you can, you know, go to conventions or things like that, but just sitting down one on one with someone, I think is just, it, it, it's just too hard to put into words how important that is, you know, and at Moose Cat, right? Like you guys, you develop artists, you know, you create artists, you manage them, you, you know, music, you deliver marketing materials of all the things that you're doing for the artists, what in your, in their creative journey, what's like the most rewarding part of assisting these people? Or like, maybe you have a story about, of, of one or just the, the practice in general. My company, like as far as like our sync licensing or that type of stuff that we do, we're very artist friendly. We're not exclusive. If an artist gets like a big record label deal, we're not going to pigeonhole them into our contract. Like we want the artists to, you know, succeed in their career and like make a career out of their music. So that's been like the funnest part for me is, you know, meeting artists who really don't know anything about the music industry and being being the person that can kind of at least help navigate some points to further their career and what they want to do. You know, I mean, we do have a lot of like interns that internship with us as well. And, you know, a lot of them come in wanting to be engineers and producers in the studio. Uh, but then they work with me and they want to work on the, you know, more on the business side of things and see that that might be a more better fit for them in in the industry. So I love helping artists uh, navigate their careers and not get screwed over by contracts and, you know, just making sure that we're looking out for the artists because, you know, the artists don't have unions and they're very underpaid. And even, even how music supervisors in some parts of the industry work, 
is very cutthroat um, and the film industry, while they work with the music industry hand in hand, is a bit cutthroat with musicians and compensation and and that type of stuff. So definitely, definitely am on the side of, you know, not cheaping out artists' music as well and making sure that, you know, they're they're valued for what they do. Yeah, I think that that's probably a, a really, you know, for, for, for an artist that's just coming out here or maybe they're, you know, whatever, they're from here and they don't, they're just kind of getting started to have someone in their corner that has the experience that you have and Mike, you know, together collectively to sort of help guide and shape their careers. But then they also know like, okay, they're not going to sit here and tie me to some deal that, oh, I got this other opportunity. Like you want to see these people flourish and you want to see them do well. And if you can become a smaller or a large part of that, then your job is done. I'm assuming, right? Like the, the two of you, right? You're like, okay, hey, you guys, you know, put put this whole like this company together, but it's so artist friendly and artist centric uh, because you're both performers too. I'm, I'm assuming that might tie into to some of that as well. And, and maybe that feeds off uh, uh, onto the people you're working with. Definitely. That I, I agree with that. And, you know, the, I just want to make sure that they're, you know, artists spend a lot of money, like recording their records and putting together their content for everybody to see. So I just want to make sure that they're, you know, on a path to success. Exactly, exactly. And like, uh, and you and Mike, you know, the, you did mention the fact that you're married, right? You're also in the same band, you have the, the studio together. I think that that's probably also, you know, a, a positive for artists coming in and being like, okay, these people are like literally married, they're, they're business, they're in a relationship, like it's, it's, it's a very like trusting environment. Like, okay, being in a band, having a business partner that's also in your band, also your, your husband, like, how do you two manage the dynamics of of doing all of that, like, are, are there any like insights you can share? You know, how your relationship maybe like shapes the creative and the business endeavors. Sometimes even when they're colliding together on the same same day. Yeah, we're actually very clear about the roles that we both take in both Carly in the Universe and Moose Cat recording. You know, obviously sometimes we fight about what that is and who <laughs> has to do what, but you know. For how right now we're kind of in a we're in a great position now in that we are scaling our business and we're trying to automate and streamline and create a lot of manuals for the work that we do so we can onboard more people. But you know, Mike, you know, Mike handles the accounting, he handles the production, the engineering, the mixing, the mastering, the invoices, a lot of like the day-to-day -day interactions with the clients. I handle the marketing, sales, business development. We do do events here. Uh, we just had an event this past summer. It was all music industry people. We had Liquid Death, Angel City Brewery, G Fuel, Korg, One More Headphones, the, what that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> They're like designed by uh, Maserati or something. Oh. And um, we had, who else we have? We had... Did I say G Fuel? We had Old Pal. They're like a weed company. Bunch of sponsors, Viper Guitars, Blackstar. And they, it was an opportunity for us to, you know, give back to the artists in that we want the artists that come, that come record with us and sign with us to also meet like the music supervisors and the A&R and the managers and the labels that we work with and try to, you know, bridge the gap for indie artists to network with those people. So that's kind of the goal of the event is just to try to build a bit more community within Moosecat indie artists to direct people at Disney or red light management or that type of thing. Okay. So not, so, so was there like performances too, or was it more just networking, like not a showcase? No performances. I think at some point I'll probably do a different event that showcases artists that are signed to us and is like a little bit music supervisor oriented and that type of thing. But haven't gotten there yet. That's something I definitely am going to going to work towards. But like with this event, we do put a lot of eggs in this basket for this event. And that might be changing because I cook for the event and huh. I cook about 
a thousand pounds of food for, you know, 300 people. So not sure how we're going to go about doing that in the future. We've been doing, we, you know, we haven't done an event since COVID. So that was like our first event back. And um, actually now we're building out a second location that's going to have like an Atmos mixing facility. And that's kind of what I'm handling now is building building a studio for as cheaply as possible just to make sure that we can hire the team that comes in and you know spending less on the build of the studio compared to like our first studio so like last week i found a hotel that was going out of business that was getting rid of a bunch of headboards but these headboards are like like fabric headboards and they're very nice and it was like 50 headboards but I was like these would be perfect for sound panels in mm. the studio so I went and picked up like 20 of them and um they're perfect and so we're gonna be you know installing those next week and we didn't have to spend any money on sound panels that's <laughs> very thinking outside of the box you know <laughs> like you know and, even, and the event sounds like just the way you put that on sounds really cool because you create this sort of like family environment like and i don't mean that like a cheesy way but like you know you're you're creating an environment where everyone feels connected they you know a lot of showcases you go to the band gets up they play they go all you know the a and r or whatever they listen and, and nod their heads and whatever but you're kind of putting them into like you're getting to know the person regardless of music you're getting to know this this girl this guy like whatever who's yes they're a performer but they're a person first and like get to know their personality and be able to have a meal together that you're cooking, right? And be able to sit down and just have that interpersonal experience together versus just like, I'm the label or I'm the management, whatever I am, and you're the performer. And it just kind of doesn't really ever feel connected more than, you know, a, a business transaction, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm also afraid I'm not I'm not afraid, but I just am weary of showcasing artists at the event because I don't want to have favoritism over mm. some artists over other artists or, you know, we aren't we aren't a label. You know, we are a recording studio and we are a sync house, but we're not a label and we don't and we don't manage artists. We'll help artists with like marketing and release campaigns if they ask and they just want, you know, general help as, you know, they're recording with us. We're always like happy to offer any support to our artists if they reach out. Yeah, just I that's just something that I, you know, if anybody has any ideas, let me know because I just I don't know how to I don't know how to go about showcasing you know, if I had like an all day, if I did like an all day festival and anybody who wanted to come could sign up and it was like a moose cat festival, that would probably be something that I would do. But, um, you know, with the networking event, I wanted it to be that, yeah, people could communicate with each other and the band wasn't so blaring loud that like you couldn't have mm -hmm. a conversation and like get to know that this artist is about to release like a new EP or something like that. And, you know, it was going viral on TikTok or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'd be a lot of food to cook if you had the festival, I'm assuming. Yes. So keeping it more intimate <laughs> might might be good, but you know, if I'll get a food you, if, truck for that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Give me your recipes. <laughs> but your band, right? Carly in the Universe. That's where I first checked out your social when, when we were in class. And I was like, I love like the the whole the packaging. It's just just cool. It's just vibrant colors. You guys just look you look like you're having fun. Your videos are interactive, like your YouTube channel. You're wave you're talking to the camera, you're the whole crowd. You have your fans and friends and everyone there. Like it's just a, a, a it just seems like a fun experience. And 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 the name's also obviously very in, intriguing. Like, can you tell or talk about the origins of the name and the story? Yeah, like how you all came together, creative, you're snack loving, it says, right? And 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 what people can like sort of expect from this whole sonic universe of uh, Carly in the universe. It's funny, my bandmates picked the name. We had like a million names that we went through and they wanted the universe. So it was Carly in the universe and that was that was it. You know, they didn't they also didn't want it to be just like the universe. They wanted mm -hmm. it to be Carly and something. And I was like, okay, sure. So I just, you know, a lot of the times like we are, our band is a democracy. So we definitely vote on, you know, 
as we're like writing songs, we'll I'll make sure that every single band member says yes to the song. Otherwise, we won't fully demo it or anything as we're writing. But uh, yeah, the snack loving thing is is you know isn't that everybody doesn't it everybody <laughs> pretty much right <laughs> we coined the term troll toll so okay. if somebody comes into band practice with some good snacks you can say troll toll and they have to share with everybody whether they want to or not <laughs> well that's awesome so like what, what like for people listening that like what, what sort of like even genre or like you know, within the genre and your catalog, like if you had to pick a song that like sort of like someone listening is like, okay, this girl, she sounds fun. Like, you know, I'm intrigued. I want to hear what, what song or would you kind of point people to, to say, this is like the best representation of Carly in the universe. And like, like why, why would you pick that song to sort of be, you know, your calling card, so to speak? That's a tough question for me to answer. Cause I feel like if I, if I'm just answering that, I'm not, um, I'm not, you know, collectively again, like voting with my band to see what they say. And like, we all decide on a song together for that question. <laughs> but, um, you know, right now, uh, we have a song, Hey Mister, that was on Fortnite, the video game. So mm -hmm. that song has been doing really well for us, but it's very pop and it's not, it's definitely, I think we lean into like a few different categories with our catalog, one of them being the indie pop. And then we do have like the soul R&B. And then we do have kind of like a darker R&B hip hop pop kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. it kind of sections itself out for each song. But I would say like my favorite song that we have out, it's probably uh, Rock the Baby. It's just a very nostalgic song and I felt like I lyrically and sonically delivered what I set out to do and you know sometimes with so many people in the room you the the song kind of changes in direction with everybody coming in but with that song it definitely stayed true to what I what I set out for it to be yeah like like your videos are even fun to watch you know like and i don't mean this like bad like in a mean way like you you can watch them with the music with, like and you kind of can still be in, entertained if that makes sense like you, you guys seem like you put a lot of thought <laughs> into the to the video content yes. as well as the music like they're both equally important you know unless i'm mistaken but like that's how it feels when when you just check out your youtube channel or your your instagram like you guys are very into being uh, visually pleasing as well as you know, you know audibly yeah and i you know i do a lot of the i do a lot of the producing and creative directing and editing and storylines for a lot of that stuff and or at least with my band like you know we do play different roles in some of the stuff that we do so i do handle a lot of the you know kind of creative and producing of these projects and sometimes my bandmates don't really know what they're getting into so <laughs> we had a music video out called salvation and uh we actually used my parents doctor's office for uh -huh. that uh -huh. music video uh -huh. and my bass player gave birth to my drummer in that music video and my drummer cameron was so pissed that he was going to have to be near Freddie's crotch uh, for that <laughs> moment to give birth. And I was like, just, just trust me. Like, it'll be funny. Like it'll work out. And then um, we ended up having like a little like release party when the, that music video came out and everybody was like hysterically laughing when, when he got reborn. Yeah. You know, it's great. Like I said, I, I encourage anyone listening definitely check out your YouTube channel because that's where all the videos and, and, you know, and, and they're just like, they're just very interesting. They're, they're fun. You know, and it, it's, it's such a basic term, but like they're fun to watch and the songs are good. So you don't feel like you're like, Oh gosh, this song sucks, but Hey, this guy's really funny or vice versa. Like, you know, you, you're, you're putting so much time and effort into both. And I think that that's crucial because you see a lot of people are like, oh, they'll just put a performance of a live show or whatever as, as a video for the song. And you're kind of taking it back to when videos used to really mean something, you know, when uh, growing up in, in 90s and, eight, you know, you'd see these videos and people are like, okay, you know, these, these, these were really important back then. It seems like they've kind of gone away, but I like, I, I enjoyed that 
a lot, you know, to see, and of course I want to see you live. I know, and we'll mention that towards the end that, you know, obviously you're starting to track some new, some new songs or demo out some stuff, but like, 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 so you're, you're a front woman, right. And then, but you're also like head of operations at Moosecat, which seems like a lot on your plate and, and sort of when do you have to juggle these, like, how do you balance those two worlds? And like, is there things like you learn from being on the stage that you apply to your, the artists you work with or things that you learn in the studio, you know, like vice versa that, that you can kind of do behind the scenes at the studio from learning off the stage. Definitely. I, you know, I am for like my band, like I am our manager, I'm our booking agent. I definitely handle like all the operations for Carly in the universe as well. Like booking our, you know, our schedule and, our writing and we're we're having like a listening party November 18th so you should definitely come if you're around and we're we're inviting like a bunch of people like in the music industry and just friends to just come listen to like 10 songs that we've recorded they're they're just demos but we just have no idea what's good or we have no objective opinion of like what's the hit or what isn't the hit so we're gonna have everybody come and listen and just rate the songs from one to ten anonymously you know this is trash you know get rid of this one and or this one's the hit like you know keep this one we did that last time around we had a song called rope um that was number one for that that time around and that one has done done the best like on youtube and and so I do think it kind of works to to do that. But um going back to, you know, being busy, yeah, I'm constantly finding ways to streamline and automate what I'm doing. I definitely have assistants that work for me like remotely all over the world. So I'm able to, you know, delegate a lot of the workflow that I have to make sure that, you know, a lot of our stuff is getting getting done. And, you know, as I, as I grow, I kind of, you know, I know that, you know, somebody's going to be better at, you know, the social media stuff than I am. And somebody's going to be better at shooting a music video than I am. So I'm always, I'm always kind of like delegating those tasks and not afraid to, I take the time to spell out what I'm looking for in a manual or in my streamlining process to make sure that people who I onboard you know, understand like the direction that I'm looking to push my projects in, whether it be Moose Cat or Carly in the Universe. Oh, no, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously, you know, a fine line with anything, but like I, I sense a, a theme of like democracy, right? Like even just you picking a song today that you'd say, oh, this is like the best represents us. You're like, well, I'd have to see, I don't know what my bandmates would think, or, you know, it, it, we vote on this or you have friends come over and vote. So it's very communal. It's very, like I said, it, it's fun, but it's also, you guys are making sure everyone's voice is heard in the room. And it's not like, Hey, this is, I'm the singer. Or I'm the front woman. Like this is my thing or it, it, everyone. Well, maybe not the, the drummer and the bass player giving birth in the video, you know, but, <laughs> but you, you basically all have a, a unified democracy where um, everyone has an equal say, which I think is huge. Cause a lot of bands will go either way. It's like, Oh, the singer and the guitar player may be right. So then they take half and then everyone else splits, you know, the other half. And there's always that weirdness in bands and, and, and obviously bands are set up differently, but to see that even with friends and, and fans and stuff, you're bringing in people to just to get their feedback, which is, I think really, really cool, really crucial because, you know, you, you want to make sure you're not just in some insulated bubble and you're like, oh, what we think is great is, has to be great. And then you take it out on the stage. And you're like, oh, shoot, you know, it's better to kind of like A-B test it, you know, with a smaller group like you're doing and then bring it to, you know, a, a, a venue or something to, to, to play to a larger uh, crowd now that you've had some feedback, you know? Right. I mean, my <laughs> bandmates are pushing me right now. Like we have a song that... You know, I was kind of switching between like my head voice and my chest voice, but they just want me to like full on belt the song, which is, which I don't like totally love my timbre, like when I'm in that, in that range, but they're like, no, it sounds way better. Like do it this way. Like shut up, just do it. I'm like, fine. You know, I, I did it and like, I don't like it, but you know, they're, I'm trusting that they, you know, that they know too, you know, so that's been like a thing too is you know you you think that you think that you know what's best but you know you don't sometimes especially when it's your own when it's yourself 
So yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different world when you're kind of pushing yourself, you know, and, and I was going to ask too, like, maybe it's not the most exciting topic or, or something for, for, for musicians, but it could be a lucrative one, which is licensing. Like, I think most people would assume, oh, that's when I go to a movie and I hear a song. Okay. It's, I think that's licensing and they kind of get an idea, you know, sync and licensing and, and they're two different roles. Do you mind like explaining like, like how those roles work, you know, in negotiating like a licensing agreement. And obviously you seem to be the kind of person who will like, you want to sit down with someone, talk in person, negotiate, like contacts you've built over the years, which I'm sure plays a a large part into licensing opportunities you you, you get brought or find. Um, But like for someone listening that doesn't really understand how that process works, can you explain that uh, if you, if you can? Uh, like, so do you mean with artists signing to ha- be represented or do you mean artists' music getting placed in movies? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you can explain both. I mean, I mean, the more the merrier, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. So obviously we're not the only company that does sync. There's plenty of companies out there that do it. So, you know, if you're looking to sign with a company, you know, send your music to Moosecat, of course. Um, We do have online a uh, artist submission form that you can fill out and we'll definitely check out your music. I guess if you want to be a little bit more strategic in who you sign with, you know, somebody that's non-exclusive like us is definitely a good place to start. And I always encourage artists to like, we're non-exclusive, but you know, we are an indie vocal music catalog and that's how we present ourselves in the sync world. So I, if I were that artist signing to us, make sure that you're not signing to another catalog that does almost the exact same thing that we do and see if they do more, you know, something that align, like if you're, if you do a lot of like super pop stuff. Maybe you want to work with a company that specializes in like pop commercial music to get you in more commercials. Cause you know, our catalog, we focus a lot more like in show. Um, we do do commercials, but a lot of our placements are in show in video game and that type of thing. So, you know, you can kind of look at a company's last placements and see, you know, if they're getting more commercials or more TV shows or more, movie trailers and where your music would fit in that, that would probably be my best suggestion. And if it, you know, obviously we're not an exclusive. We are, you know, this side of our company is like something that we've been building since 2020. So, you know, we're constantly growing year after year on this on this side of our business. But, you know, with that said, it's very difficult to get placements for artists. You know, you're you're competing with all the other catalogs and you're competing with all of the other artists to get those placements. So I would just be realistic with your expectations of, you know, your music. Um, make sure that you have high quality music recordings. Most of the time, if you're not a producer, engineer, and know the ins and outs of getting a good sound quality, we can hear it, you know? For the most part, so just make sure that that it sound that has good sound quality. That your lyrics are not too hyper focused about your boyfriend's name, Jeremy, <laughs> because it's hard to get placements with stuff like that. You know, make sure you're writing a song about going home, coming home, being home. I love home, 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 home. <laughs> Those those get placed a lot or generic lyrical themes about love or travel or relationships or, you know, conquering. That's a good one. Like conquering like triumph, you know, those that type of stuff or, you know, I'm the best or that type of stuff. And then I guess for that, just, you know, watch out for the the termination clause, make sure that you can actually get out of the contracts that you're signing. You know, at least with ours, you have like a 60, you can just email us, give us 60 day notice and we'll let you out of the contract. No problem. So just make sure that, you know, other companies maybe aren't pigeonholing you into that type of thing. And then for the other side, from what I know, music supervisors don't totally love artists just hitting them up with 
their music and would probably prefer you sign to a catalog because, you know, we tag your music with metadata. So you're in our search engine. So let's say your song does have the lyrical theme of coming home and somebody sends me a music request that says, hey, like I'm looking for a country rock song about coming home. And if I type in country rock coming home in my search engine, your song will pop up and your song will be on the playlist. It's just also easier for music supervisors to kind of deal with somebody that has a whole catalog than going to one artist directly, unless it is somebody like Beyonce that they're directly looking to license a track from her. But like for if they're not, you know, like a lot of in-show shows do use big stuff, but they also do use smaller indie artists and stuff like that. So they will come, come to us, you know, for anybody that is like looking to start their own sync house or company like ours, you know, make sure that, you know, your contract is good when you're signing your artists, make sure that you're explaining to them what they're getting into. You know, sometimes I have artists that call me and the detail that they want to go through the contract like pin, you know, point by point is like at that point, just get, you need to get a lawyer to, you know, they're asking me to explain the entire contract to them. But it's like, you know, you should be getting a lawyer to explain this entire contract to you. Like I'm, I'm representing my side of the contract. You have to get a lawyer if, you know, you want these, if you want this stuff to kind of be in your favor or something like that. So that's been kind of eye opening too, that they, that, artists kind of, I don't know if it's artists or general people that just, you know, they want you to explain the ins and outs of the contract, which I will, but um, I'm going to explain them to my benefit because it's my contract that I'm sending you from my company. So just remember that. And also, if you feel any type of way, remember, we have a 60 day clause and, you know, you can always have a lawyer look over it. Um, But then when it goes to, you know, the music supervision stuff, I've spent a lot of time looking up every single TV show, every single movie that's out there and creating a database of every single person that works on all of these projects. So I have a giant database of everybody, every ad agency, production house, trailer house, music supervisor, you know, from top to bottom. And I'm constantly, you know, updating my database and emailing these people and you know, reaching out and making sure that they have the clients um, or have the artists, uh, new artists that we're constantly adding to our catalog. And these people reach out to me with like specific music searches, you know, that they're working on a perfume commercial for Dior and they need, you know, you know, Dior is like the, you know, I love Dior and they want some (laughs) you know, whatever lovey music or something. Uh So, you know, that's how I kind of go about, you know, having my relationships with these people. And, you know, some of them I've known a long time. A lot of them come to the parties. A lot of these people have become my good friends. So it's just been, it's just, you know, make sure you have, have good data. I guess if you're, if you're trying to start somewhere, that's a good, good place to start is uh, putting together a good spreadsheet of data. Yeah. It's like building, building your database, building your relationships, not assuming someone's a lawyer unless they're a lawyer, you know, certain things like that. Right. So how about like someone who's listening is like, okay, that's, that's, that's cool. But my world is I want to be a performer and what do I like? I'm, I'm aspiring. It's 2023, almost 2020, you know, it's what, what do you think an aspiring artist needs to sort of get going in this sort of like ever-changing landscape that's uh, the music industry right now to, to build a career? Like, is it they need a demo, five songs, three songs, whatever, you know, the, the live performance is going? Like, what sort of advice would you give someone on the performance side? Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going. It totally sucks. And you know what? When it sucks, it's going to get even worse, all right? <laughs> People are going to just tell you how much you suck. People are going to comment on how you look and, you know, not give a shit about the music. Just keep going. You know, labels are going to hand you contracts and go back and forth with you for months. And then they're just going to say, you know what, I don't know. I don't know. And then and then back out. 
and you know you're gonna play shows to empty rooms and you're gonna you're just gonna be totally beaten down but you can't give up but also you're not writing enough if you think you're writing enough you're not writing enough you need to write more you know you know your question of like should i release like a three song ep or a five song ep you need to release like 10 five song eps and you need to have that in the pipeline and you need to make sure that you're consistently releasing music because you're a musician you want to make music that's what you want to do all day long do it make all of the music that you need mm-hmm. to be making you're not you know i i definitely would recommend artists put more time into the creation and make sure you know before you know for the songs that i have out now like we probably wrote like 30 songs before we picked like the best ones that we were going to release you know we like as far as my band goes we trash so many songs because they're trash every song that you write isn't going to be good and like make sure that you put your ego aside and you know know that know that you want this to be the best that it can be and it's okay if it isn't you know if i were to go back and like look at my first show or like some of my first songs cringe you know but that's you have to suck you you know everybody knows that you have to suck before you get good so i would just yeah keep writing keep going and then if you're consistently releasing music then you can figure out you know, your content and your marketing strategy and your release campaigns, but not until you have the music figured out and that you have like enough of it for, you know, year after year. Yeah. Consistency. Right. But, but just the catalog, you know, don't stop, keep it going as much as you can get out there. You you keep writing, keep writing. You'll, you'll, you'll find better and better songs in there. Like you said, you'll throw a lot away, but you'll find things you didn't probably even know you had in you. So like speaking of the future, like how did, how does Moose Cat, do you see like the future of like recording, you know, there's AI, there's like the industry, all, all, all these ever changing, you know, like aspects of, of, of music. How do you see Moose Cat fitting into just the future and, and evolving? So at Moose Cat, we specialize in vintage analog gear and we do like a mix of Um, like a hybrid sound of analog and digital. So for people like us and what we're doing, you know, a lot of artists want, you know, whether it's AI, whether it's just, you know, in the box with whatever you're creating, they do want like a hybrid mix of the old and the new to, to warm and fully round out the sound that they're creating with us. As far as like AI making new music and stuff like go ahead you know it's not it's not it's not what people are looking for you know when they're going to listen to music they're not going to listen they're not looking to listen to a robot they're looking to listen to a human that's gone through the same like human experience and the human condition you know so i'm not you know i definitely think there's going to be great places for ai and i'm into it streamlining certain parts of my business and making it easier for me to maybe grab data online for me to do my networking. I, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I'm looking forward to maybe it helping create like, a you know, if, if Mike is in there, you know, creating all the vocal edits and AI can do that in two seconds, you know, and then he can go back in and actually clean it up after it's done like a first edit that would be great. Like, you know, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to like streamline their their process in that way? But for AI to like fully create and release a song, bye. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good. I, I don't see it either. I mean, I, I, again, like, yeah, if you can if you can streamline little like tasks that are just tedious and, and time consuming, you know, great. But like you said, that's the sort of like, analogy analog warm that's that's what i've always remember whenever someone says oh my setup is analog you always think warm you know and those things you know the the human just the feel for someone to to track an instrument you're not going to be able to to have that be replaced with a computer you know so like you said chest voice head voice all these things that humans need to do (laughs) that uh i i don't see 
being you know affected at all in, in that world but yeah maybe like there'll be some cool plugins and things that that for software that can help enhance guitar tracks or whatever you know but who knows right <laughs> also i mean i i would say you know it's maybe more like the genres of music that we have coming into our studio that I can say that more for, but like, you know, other genres like EDM or dubstep or like even techno, like probably AI, you know, could work a lot more like with those type of genres for like the rave scene or, you know, I, I maybe they, you know, I just, I don't want to say like every single genre, but you know, maybe, maybe, for that type of stuff, you know, AI can come with, come up with some cool stuff, you know, I'll swipe through it, give it a double <laughs> tap, whatever. But, uh, you know, I like people. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so speaking of people, where, where are people listening now? Where's the best place for them to like follow, connect with you? I'll include these all into the show notes, but you know, in terms of like your website, Moosecat, Carly in the Universe. Uh, yeah, moosecatrecording.com. You know, you can see, you can check out Mike's credit reel and all this, all the artists that we've had in the studio as of late. Uh, we also have before and afters of mixing and mastering, so you can hear the difference. Sign up for our newsletters and stuff, and we can give you an in, invite to like our industry events and stuff that we have going on. And then, you know, if you're an artist, feel free to submit your music and. I'll get to it as soon as I can, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Carly in the Universe, uh, carlyinuniverse.com, you know, wherever you like to listen to music, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora. Yeah. We're on it. Yeah. Apple Music. <laughs> I highly recommend the YouTube channel because like I said, you have to see the, the video as well because that's where you really get the personality of everyone in the band. They all have very cool, distinct looks and I think you see they're having a good time. Their music's good but it's also fun the recording the videos it's just a whole package just it just makes you feel like you just you know forget about your problems and just enjoy what you're all doing so i you know i totally enjoyed our time today like i said we've never met in person but just getting to know you over this time here has been awesome and i think you had some really amazing information to share with people that are listening they're like maybe they want a career in music and they want to figure out how to get into it maybe they're not musical but they can certainly be entrepreneurial. And I think you've shared so much great advice for both sides. So I, I appreciate you taking the time today again. Thank to, you to for just, so much for having me. No, it's been awesome. Um, I can't wait to see you guys play live, come to one of your listening parties and uh, <laughs> you know, continue our friendship. But thank you again, Carly, for your time today. Moosecat Recording and Carly and the Universe are the two projects businesses <laughs> that you have going on and everyone go check them out and and you know have a great rest of your day but thank you for taking the time you know to do the podcast of course thank you so much for having me thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of experience curve please take the time to share this podcast with a friend or colleague to help get the word out about my show